It's time to sit back, relax, and listen to Conversations with Joan. Conversations with Joan will inspire, motivate, and empower you. Live your best life now. Listen, learn, think, and decide. And now, here's your host, Joan Herman. Welcome to Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life's Conversations with Joan. I'm Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in. Conversations with Joan focuses on topics that are important to your life, from health and wellness to professional development to personal well-being. Change makers join me to share their insights, tips, and strategies so you can thrive and live your best life now. Thank you for taking time for yourself, and thank you for letting us be a part of your life. Now, let's start talking. Stress adds up in our bodies, we wake up with it, we carry it with us, and we pile on more throughout the day. It's often a challenge to handle the daily hassles of life. According to today's guest, Dr. Alyssa Eppel, we don't have to live this way. Dr. Eppel offers a prescription to living with more joy and ease. Dr. Eppel is an internationally renowned health psychologist who focuses on how to live well and thrive with stress. She's a professor at UCSF and a member of the National Academy of Medicine. Dr. Eppel has received awards from Stanford University, the Society of Behavioral Medicine, and the American Psychological Association. She is a co-author of the New York Times bestseller, The Telomere Effect. Her new book is The Stress Prescription, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease. Welcome, Dr. Eppel. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much, Joan. So, Doctor, as I said in the introduction, we wake up stressed we're stressed throughout the day, and then as the day goes on, we seem to get more and more stressed. What do you believe is happening in our society today? Why are we so stressed out? It's a good question. A lot of people look toward the historical current events, the chaos, the political instability and divisions, the multiple crises, the multiple pandemics. But the data show that we've been increasing steadily in our stress levels for several decades now. So we are having more stressful events and feeling more stressed out by them. It may be in part the level of screen use that's overtaxing our memory, our attention, and the social media, social world, which also makes people feel isolated and left out, and especially our our young adults and our our youth. What you described is actually interesting, which is how we might wake up feeling some stress, and then have it escalate across the day. That is what we worried about most during the pandemic for our frontline workers, our healthcare workers, essential workers, because that can really exhaust us. Having a day with no breaks does lead to a buildup of anxiety in our body, and we, of course, can become emotionally exhausted as well. And so the importance of managing daily stress well of creating a schedule that is more spacious where we can take more breaks and using those breaks for things other than catching up on email and and scrolling social media. These are basic, but they're really important and they help us not deplete our energy. You just mentioned a a laundry list of, of reasons as to why we're so stressed out. And I want to talk about all of those, but I want to hone in on one for a moment. You mentioned the pandemic. What do you think the pandemic has done to our mental health? I mean, I, I see people that are walking around in a fog today. I mean, they're, they're scared, they're isolated, and, and we're coming out of it. So what do you think this has done to the way we live our lives? That's a great question. We are still peri-pandemic, and people feel that. It's not quite over. Things still are different and limited in some ways. 
the future is still uncertain. It always is uncertain, but let's just say elevated levels of stress from the uncertain future. And people are tired. They're exhausted. So where, you know, where is mental health been? Of course, it peaked in the early pandemic. We became somewhat experts at living with COVID and it went, <clears throat> it went down a bit. But the thing about mental health and stress is that it can be cumulative. There's a long arm or let's say a long shadow to chronic stress that can put us in states of depression and anxiety that become disorders and that we deal with on and off. So I think the response is normal that people are having emotional responses to the environment that are not abnormal, but the level of stress, it's just unnecessary and is exhausting us. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I'm saying is I'm normalizing it for all the people who do feel depression and anxiety, but I'm also saying there are things we can do. We really don't have to live with this level of a dark cloud over us that shapes our day. Do you think we've had some type of a collective PTSD? Are we all living with some type of a trauma from it? To varying extents. And when we look at population data, we really see the heavy burden of the social stressors, the traumas in young people, in people of color, and in women. And that's what the stress data show as well. The level of stress in young women is in the 60% or more feeling overwhelmed by stress. And in women over 65, it's more like under 10%. So we really do, there is some resilience that comes with aging. There is a larger perspective that's protective. So doctor, what happens to us physically when we're dealing with all of these constant stressors that we've been talking about? What goes on in the body and and how can it be detrimental to our health? Well, the stress response that we mount to cope with a situation right in front of us is super helpful and critical. We mount uh, uh, cortisol and adrenaline go up and our sympathetic nervous system becomes dominant over our parasympathetic nervous system. All of that creates fast action, energy, and allows us to rise up in a way to cope with whatever we need to. And then we recover, and that's the beauty of the stress response. It doesn't harm us. What harms us is if this goes on and on, we're mounting a stress response too frequently over years and years. That is wearing we call allostatic load. It it creates wear and tear on the body and on the regulatory systems. And then our baseline of blood pressure and certain stress hormones and sympathetic activity, those can become elevated. And then we walk around with a lot of risk for chronic diseases. You wrote a book, The Telomere Effect. What are telomeres and, and how do they play into what we're discussing? There are many ways you can look inside of the cell and look at aging. And I was lucky to work with Elizabeth Blackburn and Julin, who have a world-class lab to measure telomere length in different cells and tissues. And Liz actually won a Nobel Prize for discovering this mechanism of aging. So we've been studying this for almost two decades. And there are other ways that the cell ages, and then little mechanisms that either accelerate aging or slow aging that we've also studied that are now um, many other people are studying these, such as inflammation, epigenetic clocks, and a little bit of research on mitochondrial health. 
And the story is that chronic stress is associated with accelerated aging in most of these systems. And the good news is that our daily emotions seem to matter a lot. When we can boost up positive emotions, it appears to be related to less aging. It appears protective from chronic stress. And there are lots of ways that we can boost positive emotions. So it's yet another way of managing stress without, you know, we can think of it as stress reduction, but it's really a mental shift toward seeing aspects of life and experiencing gratitude and awe in everyday experiences, in everyday interactions with people and especially with nature. So there's a lot of research behind each of those things that I said that, that points us to a mind shift towards let's focus on emotional well-being. It's really important. It's directly related to longevity. So when we make these shifts, doctor, we can be protective in eliminating or lessening any future damage. Will it also reverse some of the damage that we've done? To some extent, many aspects of aging are reversible. And in the brain, there's neuroplasticity. So when we create new habits, when we do things repetitively, we are changing our responses, our patterns of response. We can do that with these stress reduction techniques. We can take on a practice and make it a habit. And that's, in a way, imprinting, you know, new um, healthy ways of being from our brain to our body. And in terms of telomeres, they are... They do grow. There's an enzyme telomerase that builds them back and makes them longer. And we're not very good at measuring telomeres very accurately, but there are some studies that suggest that exercise, omega 3, and um, certain types of mind body practices may be boosting telomerase or lengthening telomeres. And I would think one of the first things we should do is stop telling ourselves we're so stressed out. I mean, I know so many people who walk around saying, I'm so stressed. I'm so stressed. I mean, that would really be a great starting point, wouldn't it? Yeah. I mean, it's really, it's really out there. It's socially acceptable, maybe even a badge of honor. It's contagious. It gets really tiring. And I agree with you. I think that's a good place to start is, is just examining why right now do you need to be carrying around this stress? I mean, there are times that we need it and we're in the thick of things, but usually we're not. Usually we are able to take a break and actually feel ease and tell our bodies, this is a time to relax. It's okay to relax right now. If we don't take those breaks, it is very easy to go on and on with our kind of default stress mindset. Mm-hmm. Is it a good idea to view stress as some type of a, an exciting challenge rather than a threat, like something that could be good for us? Yes, there's a, I have a whole chapter on different ways, either mindset or practices to bolster our mental stress response. And it, it does matter what we are saying to ourselves and what we believe. So when we can think of stress as a positive resource that our, that our body has, that our body's mounting a response to help us cope, that is, I will say, the first step in really moving toward a positive stress mindset. There are different statements we can adopt and say to ourselves, and it really depends on the person what statement they're going to use as their own stress shield. I'm interested to hear more about what you see when you said, you know, people are walking around saying, I'm so stressed. 
And what do you, how do you respond to that if someone says that to you? Well, you, you know, my work is all about trying to change the way you look at things, the way you, you view things, the stories you tell yourself. So I'm always trying to tell someone to shift how they're viewing something. And so rather than, you know, one of the big things that I've learned is instead of saying, I have to do this, I like to tell myself, I get to do this. You know, it's something that it's a privilege to do. And, and it's a little shift that works for me so that everything in life doesn't seem like a chore. I love it. I think that's beautiful. I get to do this. It's an opportunity. Right. It's a privilege. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Yeah, because I just think, you know, the more we tell ourselves we're stressed, we're creating stress that isn't even there. That's right. It's very easy to, to do that, to see stress in a safe situation, to look at the risk, right. overinflate risk. So, so change your attitude, change your life is such a great title. And there's so much truth to that about how much our beliefs really do manifest. Right. And I'm wondering what other beliefs well, and I started. Well, I was gonna say I, st I started this work back in 2009 after going through a lot of personal turmoil, and really at the time I didn't even know what I meant by change your attitude, change your life. All I knew was if I was going to make it and, and survive all that I was experiencing, I had to get my head in the game. And then as I mm -hmm. moved forward, I learned more and more about the power of our thoughts and the way we view our experiences in life. And so I've been a student of this work. And that's why I always start there when trying to navigate anything in life. It's, it's always with the way I see it and the way I view it. And because I am a, a believer that if you think you can or can't, you're right. And that's the story that we write for ourselves. Mm, I love that. I couldn't agree more. Do you think, doctor, that a lot of the stress we feel it comes from a fear of the uncertainty of what the next day may bring or that we're so fearful of something happening that we create our own stress. I think there is a lot of truth to that. When we have an uncertain future, which we always do, when we have an exaggerated uncertain future, like right now, it does leave us with a, a conundrum, a challenge in our body because we want certainty, we want predictability, we love that and it allows us to feel ease but when we don't have that then we have to either consciously really become comfortable and okay with uncertainty or we might just feel vigilant and tense and not even identify why but that kind of lingering uncertainty of the future in small and big ways is always there. And the question is, how can we live well with that? How can we breathe into uncertainty and embrace it? It's not easy, but I, I do suggest several practices for it in the book, stretching our uncertainty tolerance muscle so that we can be okay, even though we can't control the future. So some of it is attitude, <clears throat> change your attitude, <laughs> really just realizing how little we control and being open and curious to life as it emerges. Mm -hmm. So it's a little bit like you were saying, what, you know, let's view what happens as an opportunity. There's more possibility given that we don't know exactly what's going to happen. There's a lot of potential for joy, growth, change that has positive aspects. If we, if we really see it and we, 
really manifest that. Doctor, can you give us a brief overview of your seven-day program? Sure. There are a set of strategies that are focused on, I'll call top-down, so mindset, change your mind, change your body, change your mind toward positive embracement of stress and stress better, change your mind toward feeling safety and being able to release stress and let go, and then having more deep rest states in your body. There's a section on metabolizing stress, how the different ways that we can use short bursts of stress to actually burn up excess stress in our body or unconscious stress and release it. And then there's um, the practices that help us focus on everyday joy and beauty. And that's one of the most important ways for us to feel happiness is to see what's really there already in our day rather than waiting for some external circumstances to happen. I'll be happy when I get to do this, when I make this, when, you know, this relationship works out, et cetera. There's so many ways that we trick ourselves to think that circumstances will unleash happiness in our lives. Did you try any of the exercises? Because I would love to hear um, how you... Well, I was going to ask you if you you could share one of your exercises Mm -hmm. or practices with our listeners now to help them get started making the shift. Sure. Is there any particular one? You can choose whichever one is your favorite. Okay. Well, I one of my favorite chapters was on nature because I didn't realize there was so much research behind understanding the green mind effect. And so one of the ways that we can change our stress response is changing our environment and getting rid of, you know, busy office or urban landscapes. Um, that's all the stimuli and the triggers that keep us vigilant in stressful environments and get into or create a corner in a house, get into environments that have safety signals that make us feel safe. And the practice that I outline is a nature walk, but not simply just going to a park and walking, but it's really a mindful sensory immersion experience. Because opening up the senses is a gateway to reducing stress, shifting our mind state to from one of self-focus, rumination, or threat mode to a more experiential mindset when we are feeling safe and at ease. So if we can spend time focusing on each sense, smelling the air, listening for birds or other sounds, Hugging a tree or feeling the sensory aspects of being in nature, looking carefully at a plant or a flower that we might have just walked by every other day. These are ways that we can have the green mind effect, can shift ourselves from red or yellow mind to this more experiential self. We feel more connected to something larger than ourselves. The book is Distress Prescription, Seven Days to More Joy and Ease. Doctor, if our listeners would like to learn more about you and your work, where can they go? Well, I just put up a website so that people could find all of our publications, all our research, and the two books, The Telomere Effect and The Stress Prescription. I also have events on that website, um, talks and retreats. So the website is alyssaepple.com. It's E-L-I-S-S-A-E-P-E-L dot com. 
Doctor, in our final moments, in about 30 seconds or less, what is the takeaway? What would you like to leave our listeners with? We don't have to live this way. Like um, you explained at the beginning, we really can control our well-being much more than we do with a bit of effort, with a bit of prioritizing it. Make 2023 a year where you prioritize your mental health. It's too important to just let it be like a ping pong ball or a pinball pushed around by events that happen. We can control how we respond to events and we can let go of the events that we can't control and have more states of joy, ease, and connection. Doctor, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for your great questions. Thank you for joining us. I hope you found the show informative. At Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life, we believe that knowledge is power. Take what you've learned, apply it, and live your best life now. Remember that the information provided is the opinion of our guest and should never replace the advice of a professional who knows your personal situation. If you'd like more information, visit our website, cyacyl.com. That stands for Change Your Attitude, Change Your Life. While on our site, listen to past shows on demand, read the digital magazine, sign up for our mailing list, and be sure to follow the show on social media. Until next time, this is Joan Herman. Thanks for tuning in.